We are so honored that you chose to join us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. It is our desire that you will be encouraged and challenged in your walk with Jesus. Be blessed as you join us for this week's message. Good morning, Hope Church. It's so good to see you. If you're newer with us, man, we want to say welcome. And if you're joining us online, we are so thankful that you chose to be with us as well. And we're so really excited to be here. We're going to be speaking on a, on a topic that is called, Elizabeth? When marriage is broken. When marriage is broken. But before, I jump in, before we jump into that, would you put your hands together for our amazing setup team who put a lot of time of cooking and just bringing the Super Bowl to our lobby. Woo! Let's give it up for them. Definitely. So exciting. Awesome. So good, good. Well, welcome. It's so good to have you. Well, in case any of you have never met us, my name's Elizabeth, and this is David Halliburton, and we are so <laughs> thrilled to be able to share a, a little bit about our story. You're going to know a lot more about us, I can guarantee you, by the end of this time. But it, it will hopefully be a very, very life-giving message. And so to start with... I just wanted to preface it by, um, we're going to be speaking into uh, some topics that uh, would not be, if you're online as well, P they're going to be PG-13 to get to the point. So if you have children with you, uh, you might want to possibly move or use your judgment on that. Okay, great. Here we go. All right. Well, next month, David and I will be celebrating 32 years of marital bliss. Woo! 32. Yes. We got married when we were 12. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> and, and yes. blisters. Yes. Did you get that? Yeah, let's do it one more time. Go ahead. Marital bliss, bliss. and blisters. blisters. All right. And we wanted to just get a pulse of this room, this audience, of what you think real love is. So when I ask you the question, you either clap as loud as you want for the yes or for the no. Are you up for that? Thank you. All right. Okay. All right, here we go. Everybody needs to participate, please. <laughs> Is real love forgiving and forgetting? Thank you. Do I have this right? <laughs> Is real love getting butterflies every time you see your spouse? Yes, two people. Yes, Pastor Rob right here. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you, got a, you got amazing Valentine's coming up, brother. Okay. Is real love courageous and sacrificial? Is real love courageous and sacrificial? Woo! That's good. You can nudge, wives, you can nudge your husband and say, that's a good one. Go ahead, baby. Is real love an obligatory and orderly system of doing the right things? One person. Thank you, Ned. <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. 
I got that wreath of pentacles. What's love got to do with it? Okay, here we go. Real love, okay, here we go. Is real love supposed to protect us from experiencing the deep valleys of life? Uh, no, but I'd be, yes, I can. I'd be happy to. What is your name? Oh, it's Sherry. My dear Sherry, bless you. Hi, good to see you. Your husband was amazing. Gary, by the way, I just want to say that. Your husband, Gary. Vance Slide. We, lo we love you, Gary. He's with Jesus. He's rocking and rolling with Jesus right now. I'll be happy to. Anybody else know, but for you, I'd be honored. Re is real love supposed to protect us from experiencing the valleys? Okay. Thank you so much for participating like that. You guys are awesome. Yes. And I just would say that I think for most of these questions about real love, that it's both and. Kind of depends sometimes, right? All right. Well, first thing we want to talk about is giving and receiving love. It's something all of us are created for. And every day of our lives, whether we're married or single, we are attempting to connect in a way to give and receive love. And marriage, being the kind of relationship it is, can certainly provide many opportunities to want to block receiving love and can also block wanting to give love. And yet, it also holds the greatest opportunity to give and receive love. And we can attest, David and I, to this in our relationship. And so I thought it would be helpful to give you just a little bit of our background. We met in 1988. David had come to the church I was attending. Um, it was Vineyard Christian Fellowship of Newport Beach, and he was an intern. So it was Sunday morning. They had him on stage. I usually sat in the back, and I see him, and I notice him. <laughs> well, I went to the back of the gym. We were meeting at the gym, and went to the back of the gym to greet people, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw these two women walking, walking. And I said, Jesus, I can marry that woman. Which one of the two women? Oh. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying this. Uh, it was one woman standing next to me, Elizabeth Halliburton, right here. <laughs> yeah, but then, and then trying to go up and talk to her because I, I get nervous around pretty women so I'm up stuttering and talking about the how to commute from the 405 to the 10 and all that I, I totally blew it I put, put my foot in the mouth and she finally looked at me and she goes why why are you here and I said I finally like clicked uh, would you go out and have lunch with me and she goes oh okay I'll do that all right <laughs> <laughs> So it was probably a little over a year later that David proposed to me. Woo. And I want to share the verse. I actually brought... I got on my knee, by the way. I actually brought our wedding invitation. 
glorify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's what I did and it was in Newport Beach on a pier and I, I, I saved up for this diamond. I mean, I saved up, guys. I, and I held on to that puppy because I thought, for the love of God, if it dropped and bounced and then bounced into the water. Yes. So we're experiencing, as you can imagine, a little taste of heaven. We are so in love. And David, I, I love this because David said, we're going to do a very unique wedding invitation and um, I'm going to work on it and then I'll show it to you. So he made up the story. <laughs> Once upon a time in a small coastal town, a young man's eyes happened upon the girl of his dreams. Her radiant beauty captured his heart and he was filled with love. One silvery night, as they stood at the water's edge, her heart knew also that he was a gift from God. Their love grew as each day passed, sunrise, sunset. And now their hearts will be joined together as one. Not, not bad for a recreational management major, by the way. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and so five years later, we just had our third child, and David confesses to me that he has been viewing pornography. Whoa. I had no idea what to do with that. I'm a pastor's wife. Who can I talk to about this? This has broken my heart. I'm devastated. I'm scared. How do, does David get help? It was at that time in 1995 as well where, honestly, the church did not have a lot of understanding of how to stand with someone who was dealing with pornography addiction. And I remember hearing, actually on Focus on the Family, like, ladies, if your husband is addicted to pornography, I'm so sorry for you. And the church itself was not inviting those with brokenness, like genuine brokenness, to be held in safety and in love and care. On top of that, we had both been raised in a culture uh, within our home of alcoholism. And what that meant was, you do not talk about the elephant in the room, no matter what. It is a secret. So we're in ministry we agreed to glorify God together, and we have this going on now in our relationship. And so, in the simplest of explanation, David would literally block real love when there was pain, stress, disappointment, loss, etc., by 
viewing something that maybe promised counterfeit love. And I would end up getting bigger and stronger and I would block love through anger in this part of our relationship. Anne Voskamp is a wonderful author and she puts things, can use words so well to explain things. I'm quoting her, falling in love never made anyone angels. Falling in love only eventually makes it clear how far we've actually fallen. And so it is our marriage where we have the very real need to give and receive love. And it is also the place where we experience such extremes and various amounts of that. It's the place where we get to know a little taste of heaven, but also understand a little bit of hell. Such extremes, so much at stake. Marriage is a relationship where real love is forged. And the definition of the word forged is to put the object into fire and heat it up and then to hammer it into shape. It's painful. Real love being forged is painful. And what I love about Jesus um, is that he's attracted to that weak area of our lives. He wants to meet us there. He is not asking us not to be real at all. And he comes into the, that broken place with such a balance of love, mercy, justice, and forgiveness. Because ultimately, the real love that is forged in marriage, in any relationship, is really a weapon to destroy evil. So good, so good. Our life verse um, is the whole chapter of Isaiah 61. And so what I, I want to do is, is have us just continue as we share with that filter yes. before us. And when Jesus came to earth, he had a mission which was expressed in these words. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to announce that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. And guess what? That mission has been passed on to us. So good. So good. Wow. Obviously, I, I buried up. This is very clear right there. Unmasking denial. Unmasking denial. 
and the hard work. The year was uh, December 2010. Here at, at that time, it was called New Covenant Church. And the elders and Pastor Craig Dyson approached me and said, we're asking you to resign due to your pornography and to your addiction to pornography. So I'm standing here today at 63, testifying that we have a God of mercy, but we also have a God who loves us so much that he'll go to the depths to find us. And I, I was thinking about maybe just jumping to this, but I, I'm standing before you today with my amazing wife who committed to our relationship and a man by the name of Lance Stanick, who is our lead pastor, who said after our counseling and years of therapy, I love you, and I'm gonna give you opportunity to step back in part-time, and we're gonna see where God takes this. So I'm standing here today that if you have given up hope, if you have been in a place of being abused, it being a place where you're addicted, that there is a man, his name is Jesus, and he can take, and he's the way maker, he can make a way. So, so with that, thank you, praise God. With that, it was January 2011, and we were on our couch in our living room. I had resigned. Elizabeth was a stay-at-home mom, uh, but she also had a ministry on her own. And we looked at each other, and we were obviously devastated. I had shame. I had uh, this guilt-ridden that I was two-faced. That I remember when um, we had opportunity to have the elders come over to the house with Craig Dyson, and for me to, I wanted to be, I wanted to show up. I felt like not to be macho here, but I wanted to show up. I've been playing this two person with this mask on. I said, it's time to be a good shepherd. I wanted to show up with my kids because I'm the one that was the fake. And I said, time is enough not to be fake anymore. So we were in our living room. It was one of the hardest days of my life where I had to look into my children's eyes and I said, this is where your dad's broken. This is where I've lied to you. This is where I've hurt your mom repeatedly and hid. And these men are going to stand with us. John Cavilli, Gary Hall, Tom Wombeck, Robert Siegfried. And we're going to walk with you. Versus there's the door and I hope it doesn't hit your butt on the way out I'm very very grateful man I'm grateful that this woman and I decided looking at each other that divorce was not an option and that she had the, she had the right for divorce but she stood the ground and said no we're going to do the hard work I was in denial of how much my past sexual abuse was affecting my life and my marriage and my family. My shame and isolation fueled my pain, which led to striving and addiction. 
So as a pastor, or we're, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or if you're, or if you're a man or a woman who, whatever you're doing, that, that, that addiction cycle of striving and, and hiding keeps you in this cycle of addiction. And that's where I was at. It continued to feel the pain. And I, what, I've, what I learned is that I needed to bring my pain to the cross and allow Jesus to take my wounds and press my wounds into his wounds and lay it all down at the foot of the cross. And there, there were days when I thought, I'm not worth it, I've hurt her, uh, we're, we're gonna move on. And, and to face the real issue that we needed to face and if you're watching online, if you're here in this building, I want to encourage you, it's worth it to face the valley of the shadow of death because he is with you. His rod and his staff walk with you. I want you to hear that. James 5.16 in the message translation, I love the way Peterson writes this and pins this. He says, make this a common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Make it a common practice. So in 2011, I began to make those little baby steps of making that a common practice. I've failed many times. But by the grace of God, we have gotten a lot better. And then with that, I wanted to, uh, to share with you out of the Psalms 34, what I love about David, uh, not because I'm David, but I love about his heart, <laughs> is that I love that he, he's a tender warrior. He, he, he is a man who uh, was passed over by his father, but yet God picked him out. You know the story where he was a shepherd. He cared for the sheep. He was, was in after Saul. He was anointed to be king, but yet he, he made some major choices that totally affected his life. And what I love about David, he pins his heart and soul. And, and out of um, Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is close to all those hearts who are crushed by pain, and he is always ready to restore the repented one, even when bad things happen to the good and, and godly ones. The Lord will save them and not let them be defeated by what they face. I'm standing here today when, to let you know that God crushed me. Allow God to crush you and then come with a repentant heart, as David said. I, Lord, I, I want you to show, reveal my heart to myself so I can be a man who repents. And then through that, God stood with me. What about my story? Thank you. Um, so when, when, you're, um, when you're dealing with trauma, I don't want to make excuses. When you're dealing with trauma, sometimes I go offline. But um, I was nine years old. I grew up in an alcoholic home. Uh, my dad was a very successful uh, businessman, tremendous man. Uh, he, who I, a lot of who I am today is because of my dad, James Lawrence Halliburton. And, but my heart was, I wasn't connected with my dad. And he was 
busy working trying to start a company and I was being I was being set up and groomed by my buddy's oldest brother I, the, the, the nine-year-old boy was looking for connection with a safe male and I was groomed set up where I was abused at the age of nine forcibly abused and I want to make it very clear if you're not everyone who's addicted to pornography has been abused sexually but the data would say there's a huge majority of that so for for the for the next 10 years and I I, I went to the grave saying I, I said to myself I'll go to the grave before I ever admit this in person but for 10 years I was manipulated mentally physically and sexually by one individual and if you're here today and that has happened to you the hard work is that you begin to step into your story and allow God to bring that transformational power in your life. So I committed to stay here at the church and we, I, I thought, man, I want to run. I don't, I don't want to face people that love me. I don't want to face people that really know me. I want to get out of here. But I want to encourage you, listen online as well, don't, don't run because you can run and he's going to track you down. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that God tracked me down. Aren't you grateful that the Lord Jesus came after you, the good shepherd? So true. So true. Go ahead, babe. So with that hard work is, uh, I really like this cool piece because I don't have my hands free, but it keeps falling off my face. You guys doing all right? Hey, if, if, do me a favor. When I first heard this, and I, and I walked this through, I'm not trying to be overly dramatic or emotional but the fact is is that our bodies are designed to respond to good touch evil touch if you're sensing in your body right now I want to get out of here I'd ask you to ask the Holy Spirit would you just give me the courage to, to take some deep breaths and to allow him to do a work in your life and with that so with that we just began to really step into a, a lot of hard work and that this is not an easy thing to get over, especially in the area of abuse and especially in the area of any type of abuse, but also with any type of addiction. And many of you know about addiction. But so we went, I had the privilege to go to a week-long recovery week with Dr. Do, Dr. Dan Allender. It was amazing how God provided that, where we had some people that actually stood up and, and, and helped us financially to do that. He is the foremost voice on sexual abuse. That began to step into my story. And then also inviting men to be accountable. And then we also stepped into a week-long training with Living Waters. And it really stepped into my story in a small group where I began to unpack my true story. And then we had the privilege of going to Seattle uh, for four quarters a couple years ago for what is called the uh, a trauma therapy. And, I, and this is really interesting. Being a vineyard pastor, I believe that God can do miracles. I believe that God, there's strongholds in individuals' lives that uh, demonic strongholds that God needs to break off. But I was in a, in a counseling room with three other leaders, and I had the privilege of, for the first time, to read my story, put, it all, put all the dots together and read my story. And as I began to read that story, I actually began to step back into the 10 years of abuse. So reenactment came up, reenactment came up. And I began to literally just sh shake. I mean, I was shaking uncontrollably. 
And I'm like, the therapist is looking at me and said, we're here for you. And I'm like, where's the door? I've got to get out of here because I've got to control the situation because I don't want to get hurt yet again. And when, I, when those individuals stayed with me and prayed with me, and to walk that through was such a healing experience. Sometimes the best thing we can do is abide with someone. They don't need your, your advice. They don't need a scripture verse at that point. They need simply for you to abide in their pain. So all of that happened over several years. I wanted to just share a, a quick story of after the first year, and David had just celebrated a year of sobriety, and he, well, we were both really happy. We were celebrating. For me inside, there was something going on that I didn't understand completely, but I brought it to the Lord, and I told him, Lord, I'm happy, you know, like I'm relieved, I'm grateful, but I do not have peace about our relationship yet. It had been a year of sobriety. And what I, I loved how kind the Lord was in just the way he answered me, and he said, you know what? Peace is not something you have to have. It's something I give. And it was about a week later that I was watching David out the window pushing our push mower on, uh, trying to mow our huge lawn. <laughs> it's really big. And I remembered that the summer before, I would see him out there mowing the lawn and think, yeah, mow the lawn. Turkey. <laughs> we'll keep and it he would, he would get, I'm not exaggerating, he'd have grass, like green stains <laughs> all the way up his legs. The grass that last summer also had brown patches and bald patches. And so this is a year later and I'm looking out the window and I see this green, beautiful lawn. And again, the Lord just so kindly says, Elizabeth, there has been healing and there has been growth. Mm. And I had peace. Mm. So good, so good. So so one of the things that um, I wanted to share with you as well is that I, I was been encouraged, you know, to take no more mask, no more secret shame, uh, and sharing how the, the truth of my love for my wife and to honor her and respect her, and have, having come with a heart of repentance as well, I, th I think that's really key of repentance and confession and to come before a broken. But what, I had a good friend say to me a, a couple months ago, he goes, I want you to consider this. Each morning, I'd like to have you to get up and I'd like you to, to spend a half an hour, 15 minutes to half an hour with your bride and just look at her eyes and say, how are you feeling? What, what's, what's going on for you? What, what, what's, I'm here for you. 
and not a, not a therapy session, but it's an opportunity for the, sp- for the husband to step in and engage his beloved. And with that, um, we have had some amazing opportunities. So I can bring my anxiety, I can bring my temptations, I can bring my, uh, uh, my wins, my losses, my feelings. Like I'm feeling this, I'm 63, and I, and I still get insecure about a lot of things. Anybody else? Okay, just one of you, great. But, but uh, and one of them is up here. I can't believe like, I'm actually speaking to you about this topic that had been so encapsulated in my brain by my abuser going, if you say anything, your father's gonna abandon you. And what was the longing of my heart as a boy? It was my daddy. I would do anything not to have him abandon me. And that sick, evil man trapped me in this abuse, that I, that I was trapped, that I, if I would not do what he's asked me to do, then he was going to tell my dad. And if you're, he- if you're hearing that this morning, it's not your fault. My abuse was not my fault. If you're listening to me online, your abuse, what's happened to you physically, sexually, emotionally, is not your fault, and we're here to help you. And the church, is a local church, should be wide open in addressing these issues and say, we are, there's a healing place, and his name is Jesus. And, go, baby. One other thing about this conversation that we have is that we don't try and fix or solve or judge or suggest. We really just are a, a safe place for one another to be really very naked with each other about everything and unashamed. Come on. And I just want to say... It is very, very good. Yes. Yes, and it's very scary as well. But you know what, guys? Suck it up, buttercup. It's time to jump. <laughs> so it's Psalms 32. Psalms 32. I'd like, I like to, to share this with you. I, again, I love the psalmist, and um, this is what it's pinned. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt whose lives are lived in complete honesty. To walk in honesty, to walk in transparency with other men or other women in a small group or accountability group, but also with your spouse. This is my choice. I'm not saying you have to do this. This is for Elizabeth and I. But the freedom to come to my wife and and be in tears and say, I've had this temptation and I'm feeling guilty about it. Apostle Paul is very clear that you can have a temptation if you don't run with it, it's not a sin, but I've been so entrapped by the lie of the enemy that, oh, I had this, this lustful thought, then I, that's terrible. Well, I didn't run with it. I, have, I've, I also run with a lot of things, but I've run, thing, run with those lustful thoughts in the past as well. But to say to my wife, I had this thought, but I didn't run with it, and it would, inviting her into my story and allowing the light of Jesus Christ to come in and pierce the darkness. So we're going to move on to the last and final topic, and that's forgiveness. And so 
when you've had the kind of breakdown and brokenness in a relationship like David and I have had, one plus one does not equal two. That's good. And forgiveness becomes very complex as you move into reality with all the honesty, all the openness, all the data of truth. And, and I'm doing the same thing. Realizing that prior to this, I took all the responsibility for David's addiction. I tried to fix it. I, I held and managed tremendous amounts of stress constantly because of this, because we're in ministry. I felt that all the time. It was crazy. And so now it was important and part of our healing for me to actually ask for boundaries, to, to call David up. And I remember at the very beginning, I looked at him and I'm like, please do not drag me again. Like, if you're not all in, that's okay. That's where you're at. Just tell me. But if you're all in, I'm all in. And so, learning to use boundaries to actually restore and to bring beauty, not for punitive types of reasons, was something that um, I needed to learn, and I did learn, because Jesus shows us that balance of justice and mercy. One thing that I had no idea would be required in order to be able to truly reconcile was how I would have to grieve the pain of many, many years and experience what the pain of betrayal feels like, experience what it, the knowledge of knowing your husband's lied to you feels like. It's hard. It, it seemed actually easier almost to live in denial than it did to actually live in reality. That's good. But being able to grieve reality and the sin and, and the way that has damaged my heart, the way that damaged my heart, actually allowed me to personally do the work with my own contribution and be able to repent and to be able to receive David's repentance and apologies. And so there's, there's this call when you're wanting with all your heart 
to to heal and be free for just a bigger amount of personal integrity and relational integrity and it has been like a roller coaster learning how that looks learning how to restore that so good and I'm just going to read this because it's really important and I don't, I want you to hear my heart. I allowed my pain to overshadow the pain I was choosing to cause in Elizabeth's life. And Elizabeth needed to put up a healthy boundary, calling out my dysfunction and calling me to live at a higher level, level that restored the dignity of both of us. And so the truth is, David and I could never have done this had it not been for our community right here. And mind you, we're 10 years since it all started. And wow, I remember sitting right there and just not really knowing what to do and, and how it was all going to turn out. And yet, to stand on stage today. Being each other and hope church is a safe place yes to be completely honest and you will find from david and i an invitation we want this is our ministry now (laughs) and honestly um i quoted isaiah 61 god gave me that chapter when I was 33 and I used to read it and I'm like gosh this is so sad this is so um, you know like deep I had no idea at that time no idea and so we have this ministry called True North 406 Ministries that has literally Isaiah 61 is the blueprint for that and what we endeavor to do is to create safe places within the church for healing um, for all of us to be real with one another and to walk with each other through the journey of healing recovery wholeness because it's a journey until we go home to be with the Lord that we'll be walking through to become more whole and more whole. So good. And then we had the privilege of starting Living Waters. It's a 45-year-old ministry internationally that's based in the local church. We love the local church. I'm a local past local church pastor. I love the local church, but a place where people can come to the local church to receive healing, to come fully loved and fully known. And we have an amazing team of 18 who serve, uh, serve the body of Christ in this valley 
through Living Waters. And on Monday night, the 28th, which is just a couple weeks from now, we'd like to invite you to our celebration night. It will be a night of, well, the best part is going to be the testimonies and dessert, and then our amazing worship leader, Cece, will be leading us in worship. So I encourage you, join us and hear the hearts. And then one last challenge for men in this room. If you want to come join me and carry the torch with me, uh, men are needing a safe place to go and to be real and to hear their stories be told. And I, well, I don't deal with that. I don't struggle with that. Well, don't join me. Put some tools in your tool bag and let's embrace the real pandemic. You think, you think COVID-19 is the pandemic? Sexual and relational brokenness is a global pandemic that Jesus wants to deal with and, and strife out. In the name of Jesus, we pray for that. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but we're going to read that. Uh, I want to read, I want to close with this. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Well, we are so honored to have you with us today. And, um, I, I, I am just standing here kind of like, Lord, uh, I, I could have been on the street, but you have, out of your mercy and your kindness, you brought us back to home to here. So, so thank you. And we pray that this would be a safe place for you as well. I'd like to, uh, before Elizabeth closes in prayer, I'd like to leave you with this quote from the Heart of the Man movie. Amazing movie that was filmed about three years ago. It's called The Heart of the Man Movie. And here's a quote that I'd like to leave you with from that movie. There is a longing in the deepest parts of us to belong. The hope that there is a table somewhere around which we might actually be comfortable in our own skin. We don't have to hide. We don't have to keep our secrets. There's always been a community of relationship that we are designed for that. That's Jesus' heart, that you can come comfortable in your own skin. You don't have to hide. You can pull your mask down because the Father's saying, welcome home. Come as you are. Allow me to embrace you with my nailed, pierced hands and allow me to take your sin and allow my living water to wash you. That's the community that we want to live out here, and I believe we are living out here. I know Pastor Lance and his wife, MT, that's their passion as well, and we're so grateful as well. Yeah, are you going to do the prayer? Well, we're going to have opportunity for you to respond this morning. If you would like to speak with Elizabeth and I uh, privately, you can do so by calling the church office. You can also check out our website of, uh, at the church for Living Waters as well, and also True North, uh, ministries.org And then we'll have our prayer banner here as well for you to receive prayer. Don't, don't leave here. Don't, don't leave here without the Father saying welcome home and, and receive prayer. Because the Apostle Paul says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing I've done, you've done. And I stand before you today say that I have forgiven my abuser. 
I've also forgiven the priests that tried to set me up to sexually abuse me as well. And by the grace of God, that didn't occur. So come to the cross. Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you grace and be with you throughout this week as you go with him. Go with God. He goes with you. If you would leave quietly and people want to respond to our prayer banner for prayer or you want to come up and receive prayer up front from Elizabeth and I and from our Libby Waters team, we welcome that. And thank you for being with us. Super Bowl goodies are out there as well. And uh, thank you. Appreciate you guys. We love you. And we look forward to seeing you uh, next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for joining us for this week's message at Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support this ministry by going to hopechurchmt.com slash give. Also, follow us on social media at Hope Church MT. Thanks again for watching and have a very blessed week.